This is a Federal News Network podcast. Agencies are getting better at managing their enterprise risks. That's perhaps the most important and the most expected takeaway from the latest survey by the Association of Federal Enterprise Risk Management. For some common factors that make a risk management program successful, executive editor Jason Miller spoke with David Fisher, the former chief risk officer at the IRS, who now heads the risk consulting practice at Guidehouse. And with the president-elect of that association and the chief risk officer at the Bureau of the Fiscal Service, Nicole Puri. First is ERM is a journey. It takes persistence. It takes leadership. We find about three years is about the tipping point for when organizations are into their ERM journey that they start turning into those more effective kinds of outcomes. So it takes that level of persistence. We also find that sort of what gets measured gets done. Those organizations that have put ERM into their SES performance plans, that's actually the highest correlation with successful outcomes. So the whole concept, whether it's ERM or something else, you know, what's get measures gets done is definitely in play in the ERM space. Who the program reports to matters. You know, those that report to the agency head or the deputy uh, get better outcomes for ERM than if you're reporting to somewhere else. And if you have a chief risk officer, you know, like Nicole has at the BR Fiscal Service, if, if organizations that have invested in a CRO also tend to kind of get better outcomes. So those are some of the higher correlations that we've seen with success. One of the other things is we, we try to track culture. Cultural embracing of the ERN concepts is a big part of getting better outcomes. It's a slow and steady migration that we've seen over the last few years. We've seen progress but we still have a fair ways to go when we look at the cultural uh, adoption of the ERM principles across government. Nicole, as you looked at the results of the survey as well, was there anything that stood out to you? I don't know that we saw any any major surprises. I think it's interesting to see the survey results evolve over time as we also observe those changes, you know, through through our colleagues who are working in the space. But some of the things that I did sort of takeaways, some of the big takeaways that I think agencies could get from this that are interesting include that one of the big barriers to success of ERM remains the difference kind of between actual risk tolerance and public facing risk tolerance. And what I mean by that is what an agency actually is willing to um, to do internally, meaning you know, the the types of decisions that they make about how they use their resources and where they don't use their resources and what they're willing to say publicly about it is often different. And I I think that that, um, it comes into play when you're thinking about things like compliance activities, right? We, if an agency is prioritizing compliance or not getting IG findings over spending money on activities that actually can impact their mission, it kind of illustrates one of the points of the survey, which is that there's a mismatch at times between where resources are deployed and where the perception of the biggest risk is. And so um, I think what I would take away from that is that compliance continues to win that battle oftentimes. Um, and so making progress in this area is going to really continue to require effort and intent on, on uh, the um, by agencies. What's interesting is there's such a compliance culture in the government is that maybe the reason why this you're still seeing this result? Yeah, I think it's that compliance is rewarded and mission success often isn't. 
And so, um, you know, when you look at what Congress thinks is important um, or, or sort of what, what ends up getting focused at the congressional level, it's oftentimes lack of compliance. And so, you know, obviously it, it makes sense. It's, it's common sense. You're going to focus on making sure you're in compliance um, maybe before you would focus on mission. And Jason, maybe I can put a, a little finer point on it as well. One of the things that we ask in the survey is what are the risks that you're focused on, you're spending your energy, and then as opposed to which are the ones that you think are the biggest risks to the organization? And this is part of the learning. Is So for, like for cyber, you mentioned, for example, or programmatic risk, those are pretty aligned in that people are focused on them. I mean, cyber continues to be number one in the survey. You know, I think three years in a row now is sort of the top area for focus. And we're putting resources behind it. But the, the four more compliance-oriented risk areas, financial risk, fraud risk, reporting risk, and compliance risk, those are four that we ask, getting a lot of focus. But when we ask folks, well, how big is that risk? It's, it's perceived as very small. You know, we've obviously in the federal government put a ton of energy into those, and so we've mitigated those a lot, yet we're still pouring a lot of resources into those, even though uh, the risk practitioners from the survey don't perceive those as actually that big exposure. But you do have the IGs, you do have GAO and Congress honing in on those sometimes, and so we may be spending maybe unnecessary resources to mitigate risks that are actually perceived as pretty low, and we could be spending more on as you said, human capital or, or programmatic or cyber risk or some of those other areas. And so getting those motivations aligned could be an opportunity that I think the data is telling us to maybe realign those resources a little bit. And why do you think that is? Yeah, I think it's a few things, actually. And this is one that we've pondered a lot because we've seen this result now for a couple of years in a row. Again, we get a lot of IG audits are on those areas of fraud risk and compliance risk and financial risk and reporting risk. And so if you're getting audited on them, you're going to spend a lot of time on them. And maybe this is, in fact, I, I spoke with the SIGI group uh, about the results of our survey uh, a month or so ago and shared this piece of information with them as well. It may be one of those things that maybe the IGs also need to take a look at, should we be doing more audits in some of these other areas, which perhaps are higher risk, as opposed to the ones that we've sort of done every year after year after year, where, where maybe the bang for the buck on the audit side could be driving some of this behavior as well. Nicole, jump in here for a second, because I'd love to hear your insights when you talk to others in the community is this an issue that comes up about how you're spending time and where you all are spending your time? Yeah, I think it does come up fairly often. The community is a little bit split on this. It's not uncommon for the ERM function to actually be combined with the internal controls or, or other financial management functions. And I think that's just based on the history of A123 and the fact that it, you know, the ERM requirements from OMB ended up coming out along with the internal controls requirements. And so they were seen as related. But what that has done is, I think, continued that focus on, well, ERM is related to internal controls, and so we should practice them together, which therefore continues that that compliance focus that we see. I think it continues to be a factor in how we're able to move forward and mature ERM in the federal government when you still have that tie there back to, you know, internal controls or, or kind of more of a compliance function in general. So, but, you know, it's not necessarily a bad thing when you're getting started, if you have a, an established program to, to work with that, you know, can kind of help you get off the ground. But as you get more mature, I think it gets more difficult to 
to get to that higher strategic performance level and to start looking at, you know, what should we be spending our money on or, or where are our risks really coming from if they're not compliance risks when, you know, your program is so closely tied to a compliance function. Nicole Puri is president-elect of the Association of Federal Enterprise Risk Management. She's also the chief risk officer at the Bureau of the Fiscal Service. David Fisher is the former chief risk officer of the IRS, now with GuideHouse. They were speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.